The Hawks are now three and one in exhibition play. Welcome to The Hawks Report, a podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Lauren Williams, the Hawks B reporter at the AJC, and the Hawks are now through four of their five preseason games. We're going to talk about what we've seen in, you know, the three preseason games that we've watched since we last spoke to you. And we're also going to, of course, look ahead because they have one last preseason game and then everything counts for real. Before we do that, if you're listening to us for the first time, please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Welcome back to The Hawks Report, a podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Of course, we're joined by trusty, handy-dandy producer Daniel Salerson, and it's always a pleasure to have him to chat Hawks basketball with us. But yeah, the Hawks have, you know, played at least, not at least, they played three more preseason games since we last spoke to you, and... They went two and one in those. You know, it's been really, really good seeing, you know, some of the the schemes that Quinn Snyder has been running with the starters. Um, I think the latest update that is of importance is that wing DeAndre Hunter made his preseason debut after missing the first three preseason games due to a mild bone bruise. And yeah, the Hawks are just moving and grooving through the preseason. We've seen some good things through, you know, two of those preseason games since we last spoke to you. And then we saw some not so good things in their last preseason matchup on Monday night against the Pacers, the first preseason game that they played on the road. You can attribute it to, you know, a a bunch of different factors. They sat three of their five starters with Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, and Clint Capella missing what would be his second consecutive game. But as I mentioned, DeAndre Hunter returned. So perhaps we'll see Quinn Snyder play all five of those guys when they take on the Philadelphia 76ers on Friday of this week, the last preseason game. So this will be the last chance that the, the Hawks can show off what all five starters or potentially all five starters because they still haven't named who will be the starting power forward for the team this season. Of course, stuff like this can always change. It's the NBA. Everything is subject to change. I think that should be kind of what like the the synonym for the NBA, subject to change. 
And so, yeah, I think, again, I'm pretty happy with what I've seen. Of course, it's preseason. You have to take everything with a game of salt or a grain of salt, not a game of salt. <laughs> but yeah, I I think I was particularly pleased with how you know the starters and the reserves played in preseason games against the Memphis Grizzlies last Thursday, and then of course against the Pelicans on Saturday. And I think Saturday was just probably the Hawks' most dominant performance in the preseason with, you know, three or two with DeJounte and Trey Young kind of being the starters in that in that game. They rolled with the a very, you know, weird lineup of Bogdan Bogdanovich at the three. We had Onyeko Kangu at the four, and then Bruno Fernando at the five. Of course, we can't necessarily anticipate Bruno Fernando being a starter this coming season unless things have just gone unbelievably wrong <laughs> for the Hawks. You know, he's a great guy. He he shows that he can be a backup level big for this team or any NBA team, but he's not quite there yet as a starter. I do think we saw some pretty good things in terms of a partnership between him and Onyeko Kongu and how they were able to make life a little bit difficult for Zion Williamson and Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, I, I really saw some good things from that duo, but I don't think that's something that you want to run as a starting group in the regular season just because Onyeka would be playing out of position at the four, and that's something that he talked about on Saturday. You know, he he has to get used to that uh, defensive mindset of being there to guard not just a big, but pretty much everybody. So, yeah, I think... You know, if we're following along with my prediction and then also just based on everything that we've seen from the exhibition season, uh, I think Jalen Johnson is going to be the guy that starts at the four this upcoming season. Of course, Sadiq Bey made a very good argument for him being the person who starts at the four this season as well. Uh, we could see something where maybe early on until you know, Quinn Snyder gets a really good feel for that starting unit that maybe he staggers their minutes a little bit more to start off. Or we see a situation where it's just very much matchup dependent. And he's like, okay, well, one night you're playing a guy like Jalen Johnson because of the size in the front court. And then maybe another night you you play Sadiq Bey just because you need that sort of offense a little bit more in that starting unit. But I like the steps forward that Sadiq Bey has taken on the defensive end. Of course, I still think that, you know, there's still <laughs> room for improvement. He's by no means perfect. He still gets lost some of the time. And and that's that's normal. That's okay in preseason. But when it comes to the regular season, you definitely want to see him be really locked in on that. And, and you know, much like that first game against the Cavaliers, he's playing a lot of bully ball. And I think I made a joke on Twitter where I said that both he and Bruno Fernando are the two guys that I would never want to collide with in any way on the court just because they're just solid. On Saturday when the the Pelicans took on the Hawks in College Park, you know, Bruno got called for an illegal screen, you know, when he was setting one for, for Trey Young to come around and Herb Jones, who was the guy defending Trey Young, just ran smack dab into Bruno Fernando and ended up leaving the game 
in the first quarter. So, yeah. <laughs> and then on Tuesday night, we had, or excuse me, Monday night, we had Sadiq Bey, you know, bullying his way to the rim against one of the Pacers defenders. And it initially got called for an offensive foul, but when the Hawks challenged it, the referees ended up overturning it. And that's just one of those situations where you're like, well, you did your best. <laughs> you tried to draw the charge, but again, Sadiq is just a very strong guy. So I think the Hawks are in a good position depending on, you know, who they do decide to go with, whether that's a little bit more of that experience that Sadiq Bey has in being a fourth-year player versus Jalen Johnson, who has a lot more versatility, who might be a little bit stronger on the defensive end, but doesn't necessarily have the shooting that Sadiq has and and therefore being able to kind of create the space that the Hawks are are very excited about or Quinn Snyder has really stressed to this team, you know, early in his tenure as the coach. So Daniel, as far as what you've been able to watch in these last three preseason games, just what stood out to you and where do we go from here? Yeah, it's a great question. I think Sadiq Bey is someone that has stood out. You mentioned him, uh, the way he played against Indiana, 21 points, 10 rebounds, 7 of 10 shooting in 20 minutes. He's someone that's has stood out so far in most of these preseason games, making the most of the minutes he's playing. And, and I think it is going to be an interesting battle between him and Jalen Johnson as far as that starting four. And I think you make a great point as far as it being matchup basis. Look, I think one of the very overrated things nowadays is the starting lineup. Because I think it's more important with your finishing five than it is with your starting five. And I think, look, Jalen Johnson can start, play three minutes and come out. Doesn't mean anything differently. But let's say you do have a matchup where Sadiq better matches up with the guy starting. Then Sadiq basically just goes in and out based on when the other guy is substituting. Same goes for Jalen Johnson. So (laughs) I agree with you there. I think Quinn Snyder could boil up some some matchup-based type starting lineups for this team. And as long as none of them have a problem as far as... You know, some players say I'd rather come off the bench. It's a little easier mm-hmm. for me in my routine. Some say I'd rather start, get warmed up a little earlier and play first. So if there's a preference there, maybe we might see something where one of those two starts and is the consistent starter. But other than that, I think you made some great points there. And other than that, it's just so hard to tell with preseason. I mean, yeah. it's so hard to gauge. We talked about we can say some guys look good. But in the grand scheme of things, I think Quinn's trying to tweak some things, work on certain things. He's not going to show a lot as well because that's what you wait for the regular season mm-hmm. for. I do want to see maybe the starters play a little bit in Friday's game, kind of like a dress rehearsal in the NFL. You usually have one game where your starters play a little bit just to kind of see what kind of chemistry, what kind of camaraderie they have on on the court and, and see which lineup maybe works best. Maybe you try a little bit with Jalen at the four and some you try with Sadiq at the four and just see what happens when you face Philadelphia on Friday. So when it comes to the preseason, I, I try not to dive too deep into it because it is just preseason. But overall, there hasn't been anything where I'm deeply concerned, which which is a good thing right now, because there are some teams you're like, even if it is preseason, go, what are they doing right now? They don't even have the energy. They look a little lethargic. The Hawks are coming ready to play. And that's a really good sign for them playing with Quinn Snyder. Now it's just more the execution. I don't think Mm -hmm. you'll really see much until the regular season starts next week. Yeah, I think I have been very pleased with just how much energy that they've consistently had. Remember, that was always kind of the thing that we talked about with this team is is their lack of consistency. And the fact that this preseason schedule that the Hawks have had has mimicked a regular season where they're playing every other day and they're still coming out with 
the same amount of energy hopefully bodes well for the regular season. Of course, the only thing that doesn't fully get mimicked is that they don't have back-to-backs or anything like that. They do have a long stretch, you know, with a few days off before they play the 76ers on Friday. So we'll see how maybe that impacts any lethargy that they might have. But yeah, I, I think I've been very pleased with just how they've come out ready to play. There hasn't been a question of whether or not they they were prepared. They seemed prepared. And I think, again, we can't take too much away from pre- or You can take a little bit away, but I don't think we should buy too much into what we've seen. I've really been pleased with some of the defensive effort that we've seen from this team in in the preseason and you know hopefully they can carry those same principles over into the regular season when it when it really counts you know we're officially a week away from the regular season opener so yeah that's really that actually really blew my mind and now I'm a little bit speechless <laughs> I'm a little excited. I think you just really, <laughs> it really hit me just now that we're a week away, which is, I, and I believe there's some games that start on Tuesday, correct? There's a, there's a doubleheader yes. that starts on Tuesday. So we even get basketball, yeah. regular season basketball before the Hawks mm-hmm. tip off against the Charlotte Hornets, which are going to be a really interesting team this year too. And we talked about last year, how much they didn't take advantage of some of those games against some potentially weaker opponents. And I'm not sure mm-hmm. how Charlotte's going to look this year, but at the same time, I mean, the the start off potentially with a win against Charlotte, and then you're at home, your home opener next Friday against the Knicks. Those are two big games that come out of the gate. And of course, we'll get to that next week. But I can't believe we are only a week away from from Hawks regular season basketball, and we'll see how it goes. And I guess year does it count as year two in the Quinn Snyder era, or kind of year one and a half? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to call it year one and a half. But to your point, Daniel, this year I don't even know if there's a team on you know in the east that the hawks can really say oh on paper we can beat them does that you know do you know what i mean like right. but last year i think you could point to you know maybe three or four teams that would come up and you'd say oh the hawks should definitely beat them but this year if the hawks aren't careful they could mess around and and really pay the price for it and so i just think in terms of just how competitive the East is, there are games on this schedule that are just not guaranteed. I mean, every year there's never a guarantee as far as who can win a game. But if you look at just how things shake up, anybody can be a surprise. I think Um, the lesson we learned last year was for the Hawks, don't play down to your opponent. And they certainly did that in a ton of games. Can you imagine mm -hmm. what their record would have been if they didn't look down to their opponent? We're talking about potentially home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs if eight or nine of those games that they should have won turned around again like you said any night in the nba is a any given night and some of these teams that are on the bottom are gonna ha- win games i mean no mm-hmm. team is gonna go a oh and 82 so when yeah. you're talking about some of the teams that are ranked dead last in either conference they're gonna get some wins you just hope that none of them come at the hands of the atlanta hawks of course. And, you know, I, w- I was watching a little bit of Wemby over the past couple of weeks and I mean, the Hawks, they struggled. They they blew a game in San Antonio. And with a guy like Wemby, <laughs> I'm, again, lost for words. They just have to make sure that they're taking every single game seriously. And I think 
through this preseason, we're kind of seeing that shift in terms of attitude of how they look at opponents. And they're coming out of the gate as as strong and as energetic as they possibly can. And, um, you know, when they have that opportunity to stretch leads, we're seeing them do that. I think maybe for bringing up concerns, yeah, maybe some of the guys toward the end of the bench aren't quite there yet, but they've made games competitive. And, you know, again, they bring a lot of energy. They're going to fight till the end. But uh, I think in in Monday night's game, it was a little bit of the opposite where they, they made a comeback and, and made the game much closer. So, you know, in having a conversation with uh, my friend Bryce Simon, Motor City Hoops, he made a good point. If if the third team is your biggest concern, then you're in pretty, pretty good shape. So I'm with you. I would love to see what the starters look like completely together, whether that's Sadiq Bay or whether that's Jalen Johnson or we're we're just kind of moving them in and out of the starting lineup. Maybe maybe you say Sadiq starts the game and then Jalen closes the the first half and then you bring in the guys toward toward the end of the bench that might not get a um a ton of minutes into the second half and and they finish out the game. Maybe that's the approach that Snyder takes on Friday, but yeah, I'd love to see what the starting unit intact kind of looks like before we head into the regular season for sure. And we're going to look ahead and continue talking about what you know, we should be looking for in the Hawks final preseason game, as well as just making our guesses or or talking about the regular season, which is one week away. This is the Hawks report and we'll be right back. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona beach will actually get you there. Beach on plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to take this time again to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. It's what makes all of this possible. Can't stress that enough. (laughs) The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get six months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you'll get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. You can join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts so you always know what's really going on. I think with just where we are in the preseason, I feel like we've seen, as we talked about in the beginning of the show or in the first part of the show, 
what we've enjoyed watching so far, what we've liked from what we've seen so far. And yeah, we still have one more preseason game left. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, what are you looking for in this last preseason game? I know we talked about the starters a little bit, and maybe that's one of the hosts we we get to see uh, on Friday against Philadelphia. But is there anyone in particular or any unit in particular that you're maybe looking to maybe put a bow on, whether it's Kobe Bufkin's development in the final preseason game, whether it's a particular player off the bench? Is there anything to keep an eye on on Friday? Yeah, I think I definitely would love to continue seeing more of Kobe Bufkin. I think, you know, the fact that the Hawks drafted a a guard who they're clearly developing as somebody to run their offense in the future or or be part of the backcourt that runs the team's offense in the future. You definitely want to see him continue taking steps forward, you know, from game to game. And I think you can see how comfortable he's gotten each game that he's played so far. I would say that Monday's game against the Pacers, he kind of looks the most confident that we've seen him look this this preseason, just how he was attacking the basket. Maybe it wasn't necessarily the most efficient outing, but just his confidence level and and setting plays up for everyone else, it just it just boded well for the future, in my opinion. So I definitely want to see kind of how he goes up against a, a, a backcourt like the 76ers. I know Tyrese Maxey is kind of a question mark with just the injury he sustained over this last um, week. So it'll it'll just be interesting to see how his defense also continues to take a step forward. But I think the other thing that's interesting is just what this preseason has kind of shown us about you know, the potential rotation that we might have for the upcoming regular season. I know, again, Quinn Snyder has tried to put a big asterisk on everything and says, don't read too much into everything that you see. But I feel like we got kind of a good sense of what the rotation could potentially be. I know I kind of had it in my head that Patty Mills was going to be the backup point guard, even though Landry Fields did warn us at... Uh, media day that he saw Patty Mills as more of a shooting guard. I still kind of had it in my head. Maybe I'm stubborn, but I had it in my head that because he's played the majority of his career as a point guard, that he would handle a lot of the point guard backup minutes, kind of in the vein of, you know, what Aaron Holiday had last season. And then also with the fact that Kobe is still a rookie and he still needs some time to develop. But based on what we've seen so far, in the preseason, we haven't seen a ton of Patty Mills. We've actually seen a lot more of Wes Matthews. And I I think what we've seen from Wes Matthews so far has been incredibly positive. Just the amount, not only the energy he brings to the floor, but the communication, the organization, getting some of these younger guys back in transition, some of those small intangible things that can really make a big difference in a game. And that's not to say that Patty Mills doesn't bring that as well. We just haven't gotten the chance to see a lot of him. I think in a lot of the games that we've watched so far, Quinn has kind of tapped Patty toward the middle of the third quarter or even just the beginning of the fourth quarter. So he hasn't gotten a ton of playing time. And maybe we can attribute it to the fact that he he was at the FIBA World Cup um, this summer. And, and so Quinn is just being very judicious as far as how much playing time he gives Patty Mills give his legs a little bit of a breather just because of how much he did play in the FIBA World Cup. But 
yeah, I, I think what we've seen might be interesting. Before we wrap up, I do have one kind of follow-up question. Looking at yeah. this roster right now, we talk about the rotation. How deep is Quinn Snyder going to go on his bench? Because if you look at the roster, mm-hmm. Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, Clint Capella starters, DeAndre Hunter starter, mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson mm-hmm. or Sadiq Bay starter, but that's six right there. Mm-hmm. Haven't mentioned Okongwu. Haven't mentioned Bogdanovich. That's eight. We haven't even talked mm-hmm. about A.J. Griffin. That's mm-hmm. nine. You add in Patty Mills, 10, Wesley Matthews, 11. Mm-hmm. I mean, right there, those are 11 guys. and You just don't see a lot of teams going 10 or 11 deep. They potentially yeah. go 10, but a lot of them try to narrow down to eight or nine. So I know this question won't be answered until next week, but do we get a sense yet of how deep Quinn Snyder can go in this rotation and who gets left out? Yeah. I honestly think I know in in a lot of his years in Utah, he didn't go too much deeper than nine players um, for the rotation. But I think kind of just where the Hawks are at the beginning of the season, I I would say maybe Patty Mills is the guy that gets left off if you're keeping it at nine. But if they go to 10, you, you definitely anticipate that he'll be in the mix. So if we're talking about it, the starters are, you know, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, that's your backcourt. Then you have DeAndre Hunter as your three. You do maybe a mixture of Sadiq Bey, Jalen Johnson to start the season. Um, and then Clint Capella, that's your five. So as you mentioned, we that six names right there. I would probably say the first off the bench might be Bogey. I know he started quite a bit in the preseason, but that was because DeAndre Hunter was out for at least the first three preseason games. So my guess is either maybe Sadiq is the first off the bench if you need a four. Maybe Bogey is the first off the bench if you need more, you know, more injection of offense, depending on the route that you take or or if you know, he's subbing out Sadiq and then you move uh, DeAndre Hunter to the four. You know, there's just so many different combinations that we can see. But I think the first people that are coming off the bench are either going to be Bogdan Bogdanovich or Bay. I think that's kind of your your joint sixth man right there, just depending on how things start out. I think probably the next off the bench would be Okongwu for Capella. So that's your seven or eight, depending on how yeah. you look at it. Wesley Matthews might get thrown in there a little bit. Again, that organization factor, that veteran voice on the floor, the Hawks talked so much about needing that. So, of course, that kind of shakes out, you know, a little bit of competition for the ninth man between AJ and Patty. And I think I can see Quinn going with AJ before he goes with Patty, just because of how much we've seen of AJ in the preseason And, you know, his shooting has still been kind of shaky. I think on Monday, that was the first time we kind of saw him get his rhythm back. So, yeah, you know, again, you hope that that bodes well for them. Yeah, so I think Monday was kind of the first time we saw A.J. Griffin get a little bit of rhythm back. He he shot three of four from three, six of ten overall had two rebounds, two assists, one steal. I think we're kind of starting to see the A.J. Griffin that we got used to seeing early on in his rookie campaign. So there's something to be said about momentum, and it looks like hopefully he can get some momentum on his side after you know he had a really positive outing on the defensive end on Saturday, having four steals. So 
yeah, I, I think we're kind of seeing hopefully an upward, upward trajectory in terms of the impact that AJ Griffin will have on the floor. So that kind of puts him in the position to be that ninth man. So, you know, that leaves Patty Mills kind of on the outside. And, you know, I, I see him kind of being that 10th man. Maybe it's Trent Forrest just because of his history with Quinn Snyder. Um, he played about 12.8 minutes per game. So about 13 minutes per game in Snyder's last season in Utah. So that tells you he played a pretty good amount of minutes. So it'll, it, there's a lot of questions. So yeah, maybe, maybe Trent Forrest is that 10th man, depending on what they need just because of his size and, and the fact that he's about 6'4", whereas Patty Mills is about 6'1". So just from a size perspective, potentially that puts him ahead of Patty Mills. Yeah, so I think kind of the sum it all up, I feel like the main storylines uh, besides obviously the core is going to be who's your starting four and then who gets left out of the rotation. And mm-hmm. I think those are still to be determined and we'll probably won't know until next Wednesday against Charlotte. So some interesting yeah. storylines. I know some of the roster is pretty much the same and a lot of people were complaining about that a little bit. They didn't make a ton of moves for a team that finished 41 and 41 last year. But at the same time, just going through all those names, at least I do, I feel pretty confident in one through nine and how deep this team could be, which we thought they were last year. So maybe under Quinn Snyder, you kind of get more out of those guys in the second unit than maybe you did under Nate McMillan. But I think those are some things to keep an eye on. And I'm sure we'll dive into that more next week as we preview the regular season. Yeah, I think just you touched on it. The roster didn't seem like it was deep when we initially came into the to the training camp or when we initially saw just the moves that they made over the offseason. But if Quinn Snyder's system is as good as so many people rate it to be, and, and from what we've seen in the preseason, I think it's it's kind of lived up to some of the hype. There's just constant ball movement, and I believe it was Wesley Matthews who talked about it being something, that constant ball movement, keeping everybody engaged. If you have everybody engaged, that was kind of one of the issues last season. You could tell when players had checked out on position or possessions. So yeah, I I think if everybody's just locked in and I hate to sound like I'm on the team and I'm a player who's getting ready to go, (laughs) go into tip off or something like that. But if everybody's locked in and, and, and they're remaining engaged every single possession, then you know, potentially things could can look a lot better despite the the lack of movement that happened over the offseason. And and also, I mean, this is their time to one, show that, you know, that they, they are an asset, regardless of whether they're gonna be on the Hawks long term or if it's an audition for for another team because the Hawks want to put them as part of a a, a package to to make another deal to to bring somebody over. I think one of my favorite quotes that I heard from a coach, Dwayne Casey, when I was covering the Pistons is they're not just auditioning for the team that they're on. They're auditioning for the other 29 teams. So again, the NBA subject to change. We have no idea what the future holds, but we'll be, as Daniel said, we'll be keeping an eye on it and, and monitoring it along. And before you know it, We'll be back here again, getting ready to talk about the regular season. (laughs) Until then, I'm your host, 
Lauren Williams, and this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.